billboard, something telling us of something that we never knew we needed. We just get this, get that, get this, get that. Just keep on, keep on, keep on acquiring and acquiring and acquiring. Because if you acquire just enough, your life is going to be fulfilled. You will have it all. You will, you will be the Joneses that everyone's trying to keep up with. You will be successful. And so sometimes we come to church too, and we come to church only to receive or to take and to take and to take. And it's, it's that mentality of that consumer mentality of, I just have to have more, got to have more. And randomly enough, I Googled today and I don't know why, because it was just what popped in my head. I was like, what is, what is something completely random that probably brings in a lot of money? So I looked it up. Chewing gum worldwide every year brings in around $33 billion. Gum. If that doesn't tell you how much of a consumer mentality we have, now that's not just in the United States, that's worldwide. But for real, and I love gum, so I'm one of those. I spend my money on gum. But can you think of anything that even relates more to you eat, but you're not filled? Chewing gum. I mean, you can chew all day long. You can literally chew and chew and chew and chew and chew. You can chew a whole pack and you're still, gonna, you're still hungry. There is nothing truly important about chewing gum, yet we spend $33 billion a year on gum, something we're going to put in our mouth, chew it, and spit it out. That is, that's, that's just the world that we live in. It's where we are. So the problem with this is that... Um, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and then I'll skip to verse 7, says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false, accuser, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. In verse 7 is where we find the danger in this consumer mentality, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I know some very studious people of the Word of God. They have degrees in the Word of God. They know it. But without relationship with Him, it doesn't matter. You can consume the Word all you want to. You can consume things of God. You can come to church even. But if you come and all you, all you do is just consume and your heart's not in it, you're in danger. We've got to love Him. 
And I had, I don't, I had so many different scriptures um, that I even had in my notes. And I was, I, I really had just a few minutes total even to prepare for tonight. But I kept, I just kept feeling like, no, just take it out. Just take it out. Just take it out. And so I don't have, I don't have a whole, whole lot in here. But the point that God really drove home to me tonight this talk about was just that he loves you and that he wants a relationship with you. That it is not about everything that you can do and you can accomplish and you can and and you can acquire, but it is truly about just his love for you and the relationship part. I'm gonna skip over here really quick. Um This is in Jeremiah 13, and it's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but if my non-energy drink jitters will go away, we'll be able to get through it. (laughs) Thus the Lord said to me, go and get yourself a linen sash and put it around your waist, but do not put it in water. So I got a sash according to the word of the Lord and put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, take the sash that you acquired, which is around your waist and arise, go to the Euphrates and hide it there in a hole in the rock. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. Now it came to pass after many days that the Lord said to me, arise, go to the Euphrates and take from there the sash, which I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates and dug. And I took the sash from the place where I had hidden it, and there was the sash, ruined. It was profitable for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, In this manner I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem, this evil people who refuse to hear my words, who follow the dictates of their hearts and walk after other gods to serve them and worship them shall be just like this sash, which is profitable for nothing. For as the sash clings to the waist of of a man, so I have caused the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah to cling to me, says the Lord, that they may become my people for renown, for praise, and for glory, but they would not hear. We can be beautiful. We can have everything together. But if we're not connected to God at the hip, if we're not tied around his waist, he designed us to be close to him. And you don't get much closer. I mean, that's essentially like being wrapped up in a hug to have something tied around your waist. I mean, that's all around. If we are not so connected to him, we can be this beautiful and brand new linen sash and we can have it all We can have it all. But if we lose the fact that he wants relationship with us, we are profitable for nothing. I just, that's just what God wants. It really is. It's, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's just, 
over and over and over again today, God was just, it's about how much I love them. It's about how much I want relationship. It's not what you do for God. It's not how you look. It's not any of that. It's not how much you know. It's how much are you consumed by Him. So I read about eating and not being filled and drinking and not being not and still being thirsty. And the woman at the well. There came, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. She says, give me that water. Give me that water. And, you know, God has a, has a conversation with her about where she's at. He meets her right there in the middle of her life, in the middle of her shame, her regrets. Has a little talk with her. And then he says, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's seeking someone who will worship him. He is seeking someone who will love him, who will be connected at the hip with him, who will be found in him. When I was dating a long time ago, I had. a mentor in my life tell me this quote and it became a it became a motto for myself um in finding a spouse and it said a man's a, a woman's heart should be so hidden in Christ that a man should have to seek him first to find her when we are found in God he orders our steps he takes care of everything But that's what he desires, is that close relationship with him where we're found in him. We're not found or defined by anything 
or any any one anything else. I went I, I went to a conference a few weeks ago, and I thank y'all for allowing me to be gone on that Wednesday on a Wednesday night. Um, and just um, it was really really good. And one of the things that they talked about was your purpose. And as a mom, as a wife, as a pastor's wife, as a ladies ministry leader, as you know, many different roles that I have fulfilled over my lifetime, they said, we want you to write down your purpose. They gave you like, you know, 20 seconds or so. And then they said, but your role is not your purpose. Nothing that we do, no role that we fulfill is our purpose. But God has put a purpose on each and every one of you to fulfill. And it doesn't matter. In, in, no one can take your purpose away. No one. Nothing. There are plenty of things that can change different roles in my life. Plenty of things that can change roles. But my purpose remains the same. And that's from God through relationship with Him, saying, God, what is my purpose? What do you want me to do? What do you have me? What would you have me for to do for you? But having that relationship with Him and letting Him give you your God-given purpose to fulfill, that's relationship. That's relationship with God. I just keep on, I, I don't know. I don't even, I, I really, I wish I could just get up here and just say, Jesus loves you. That's all I have to say tonight. Jesus loves you. We are all dismissed. <laughs> but I know y'all want me to say a few more things so that way you're not like, okay, well, that's a Sunday school song and we could have just pulled that up on YouTube and then and and then we could have skipped church tonight. So I'm, <laughs> I'm here to give you a little bit more, but but that's really, that really is truly what God wants you to know tonight is that he loves you. He loves you. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I've heard that scripture a million times, but I've been I've been digging back into the Old Testament recently. Hence most of these a lot of these scriptures coming from the Old Testament. I've been just really digging in. So when I read that though, what didn't stick out to me, which is the part of the scripture we hear most of the time is, oh, he'll rejoice over you with singing. He'll rejoice over you with singing. We hear that a lot. But that part and part of it is that most of the time I'm in King James Version, but I was in New King James Version when I read it. He will quiet you with his love. And that's how God is. He's that. The other day, he quieted me with his love because I was so in awe of how much he loved me. The silliest things would not matter to anyone else. But I boohooed like a baby because 
God showed me he loved me. It was, I mean, I could even tell you, but it wouldn't even matter because it was personal. But I was in awe. I was quieted by his love. And if you know me otherwise, it's hard to get me to be quiet. So that's not, that's not, that's, it's a big deal for him to quiet me. But I was speechless. Because God poured out his love on me that day. And said, and it could have been any other day, but just because it lined up exactly perfect on the exact day that I was that I was in my in my feelings about something, God just said, Here you go. And it was undeniable that he loved me. And he loves you on a personal individual level not even a level it's not a level it's a relationship he loves you and the things that are important to you are important to him so to consume we can consume and consume and consume and with the Christmas holiday right here it's easy very easy to get sucked into that consumer mentality of, oh, well, I want the kids to have this many gifts, or I want them, I want to have a great Christmas morning, and I want to have this, and, and oh, this is the newest toy, or this is the hottest item, or, man, did you see this on Black Friday sale? That was awesome, and I just want to get that. I want to get that. This will, you know, you just fill in the blank, but it's very easy. And even, even on the opposite Side of that, of well, I'm going to ring the bell for the Salvation Army 17 times in December because that's I'm good like that. It's not we're not found in any of that. We're not found in any of it. But our Savior, who came and robed Himself in flesh and died on a cross for us, so that we could have relationship with Him, so that we could spend eternity with Him. It isn't if you think for one second that God Almighty went through everything he went to went through because he is sitting there waiting to beat you over the head with everything you've done wrong. He's not. He is so loving and 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 loving that he did all of that because he loved you for relationship with you on an individual a personal basis and he says i'm going to shed that blood to cover your shortcomings to cover the things that you when when you slip up or you have any number of things happen i'm going to cover you i'm going to quiet you with my love i'm going to say don't worry i'm here to comfort you he is our comforter and he came to be that so consuming we can consume we can be the consumer Or the other, there were like a million definitions of consume. And oddly enough, when you look in the Bible at consume, a whole lot of them are of God consuming things 
in a I mean, he's like straight up consuming things that are that are wrong. I mean, he is taking care of business whenever God is consuming things. But one of the definitions of consume is to absorb all of the attention and energy of someone. And to think when our God is con- is focused in on us. And we ought, we know that God doesn't spend all of his energy because he has an exponential amount. But whenever he lets us know, hey, Emily, I love you. I know this is silly to anyone else. And I know this is doesn't matter, but I love you. And I want you to know that I love you. When he quiets us and you feel absolutely consumed in his love. That's where you can rest. That's where you can be. When we drink of that living water. And for those of you that are here tonight that have not felt that living water, being filled with the Holy Ghost, it is the most amazing, the most precious experience. It's beautiful. That living water from which wells up out of you. There's a never-ending, never-ending supply. You're never thirsty again. You never feel like you have to measure up. You never, you, there's nothing. There's never, there's never that void. There's never that, that tug that says, I don't even, I, 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 have a million things going through my mind right now. But it's just not, it's not any of that. It's just when God says, I love you. It's just when God says, here. Just let it keep, let's let it flow. Let it flow. Farm musicians would come. I don't know. I just, I'm not trying to drag this out, so please forgive me. But I just continue to feel like we just need to stop the noise in our lives. I'm, I'm going to let the musicians come. That's worship. That's worship to God. That's not the kind of noise I'm talking about. But you know what I'm talking about. The noise, the things that would try to distract us, the voices that would try to come and pull us away from our time with the Lord, just the noise. There's so much static, so much noise in our lives. And if we can just learn to tune that out and find that precious moments with God where it's He and you 
and you're able to just be quieted by Him, to rest in His love, when you can shut out the noise, Can everyone come to the front? God, I'm asking that you would please quiet us by your love. every distraction, every noise. God, I'm asking that you silence it and help us every day, every day to find our moments with you, God, where we can rest in you. He is that living water. The living water. Everything else in this whole world that you try to attain will leave you empty. You can't work enough. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't be good enough. Because let's be honest, it's not even just, it's not even about any th negative things. It's many good things that we try to acquire or do, but it's none of that. It is none of that. It is His still small voice saying, come, come to me, draw nigh to me, draw close to me. You will never be good enough, but He says, come as you are. Let that living water fill you to where you are never thirsty again. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. We magnify you, God.